Hey everyone, we appreciate you listening. We'll get into the show in a bit, but just want to mention, go check out our Twitter page, at Midcourt Madness, for all of our show updates, as well as some breaking news tweets. Also, check out our website, where we post all of our writing at midcourtmadness.wordpress.com. Here's the show. On today's Midcourt Madness, we are kicking off conference preview season. Uh, Biggs, it is, outside of, like the bracket reveal, this is my second favorite part of the college basketball season, even though college basketball hasn't even started yet. Um, what do you, what do you think the Rossi encounter is at right now? Like maybe, is it less than 60? It has to be. Yeah. We're probably right around that 55, 57, you know, by the time people listen to this, it'll probably be like, you know, 55 ish, which is amazing. It preview season is my second favorite sports season, college basketball season. Then it's preview season. So so you like this more than what we, wait, what? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Getting off the rails there. So you like this more than what we witness yesterday with the start of the NFL season even. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean the start of the NFL season is fun, but so you like, like speculating honest, yesterday was God awful. So you like speculating about what might happen this college basketball season rather than what's actually happening during the NFL season. For sure. Okay, perfect. I'm glad we got that established, but anyways, we're going to uh, do some previews over not all the teams, um, but we selected four conferences, the AAC, the A-10, the Mountain West, and the West Coast Conference. We will uh, select some teams you should know, some players you should know. Biggs, have you heard of Gonzaga? Gonzaga? Yeah. Tre- yeah. Trending up. Trending that's, up, yeah. That's they're, coming out of, they're coming out of nowhere. Okay, yeah. yeah. Cinderella. Little engine that could. <laughs> but we'll get get into all that right after this. Biggs, to kick off the show, I uh, I was doing a little prep here, and uh, I'm not sure if you still listen to these guys, but there's another college bo- basketball podcast I listen to, and they do uh, a much better job, especially with like the mid to low majors, than we could ever do, and that's the three man weave. I think you would agree with that. Yeah. And um, over the last couple months, they've been putting out like their top forty, right? And I was just looking up to see who like their top forty to see like I was curious to see how many of like from the, the conferences we're covering on this show, how many would be in the top 40? So if you were to just take a guess, top 40, we have four conferences here that you know aren't the power six. Um, how many do you think would be in the top 40? Uh, I'm going to say seven. Wow, that was perfect. Was it really? It was. <laughs> do you want to guess the seven now? Yeah, now I want to try to now I want to try to think. All right, so obviously Gonzaga, obviously Houston, those are yep. probably both top fives. Yep. Um, uh, San Diego State. Yep. St. Louis. Uh, yes. Wyoming. No. That's your first blemish. You get two more blemishes. Okay, fair enough. But 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 that that's like strike three, and then you're out. So. So Memphis. safely, you only get one more. Memphis, yep. What that's am I five at? Five? Yep. Dayton? Yep, that's six. The other one you should get. You you like this team. St. Mary's? Yes. Really? Yep. There's St. No. Mary's as a top 40 team? I don't know. Yep. Hmm, okay. And, and like when I say that five, five of those teams, four, four of those teams are in 30 and below. I should say that. But, you know, you talked about Gonzaga and Houston and how they'd be, be top five. They're actually number one and two. Hmm. Those guys, those guys have these at number one and two. Um, and so that was going to be my next uh, question for you here, here and a way for me to sort of uh, kick off the show and decide where, which direction we want to go with. Who do you think is better? Gonzaga. Gonzaga? Yep. Okay, let's save them for the end then. Let's uh, let's talk about Houston. Okay. Why do you like Houston? Why? Why? What's not to like about Houston? I mean, they uh, – I don't know if you know this or not. They didn't talk about this at all last year on any of the other podcasts or during the Houston kind of surrounding the Houston rhetoric last year, but two of their best players were injured about the halfway uh, point of the season last year. Not a chance. 
how, how do you make the elite eight when you have two of your best players injured? That's that's just it. I mean, the you know Kelvin Sampson is uh, is regarded as one of the the truly like elite coaches around the country. I mean, it feels like Houston is one of those. I I think there's maybe too much of this around just college basketball team prognostication. Maybe it, it, too much of like the. I don't know a single player in the team, but since the coach is the coach of this team, we'll just rank them really high. That that I feel like goes on. I do it a ton, and I feel like some of the national media does it a ton, and, and maybe a little too much. I do think Kelvin Sampson though is one of those guys where it's like it's probably fair to like just kind of assume Houston's going to be good no matter who the dudes are filling the jerseys. Um, but the dudes filling the jerseys this year are really really good. I mean, Jamal Shedd is back after starting at point guard last year for them. He's he's a really good, just kind of table-setting, kind of two-way guy. Um, they bring back a couple of solid big guys who just kind of do like the Houston big man thing, which is like mm-hmm. get every offensive rebound and just drive you insane, set mean picks, and like defend their tails off. Yep. Marcus Sasser is uh, probably a preseason All-American, maybe one of the best kind of true perimeter guys in a, in a sport that like, I mean – if we as we as we go along in this preview, you're going to see like big guys are going to dominate this sport this year. Marcus Sasser might be the best returning like guard. You know he he's he's high level. Missed most of last year, but he was averaging like 18 a game before he got injured. Um, and Traymond Mark is back as well, kind of a perimeter swing guy. Um, and they and they enroll like a top. They bring they bring in two top 40 recruits. Jarris Walker is a big power forward at IMG Academy down in uh, down in Florida and. Like he's like a top ten guy, five star dude, yep. and then Terrence Arsenault is a six seven swingman. Um, his game is described as like he's just kind of a jack of all trades type of guy, which uh, kind of is is really easy to just kind of project fitting in as a nice role guy for a team that's that's got a lot of got a lot of pieces. I mean, what's not to like? Yeah, and you know, just going back in time here, I think back to uh, two years ago. They have a guy who I believe he was. AAC preseason player of the year in um, Caleb, Caleb Mills, um, early season transfer, right? He transfers over to Florida State, starts playing last year, and they make the Final Four. Last year, as you mentioned, they have two guys who uh, who got injured after losing Quentin Grimes, who was like their tall, lanky guard from two years ago. I can't uh, – Yeah, G- Giro, I, got, I got the name G- like – Giro. Giro. Yeah, yeah. And so they're replacing a lot of guys, and on top of that, they have their – arguably two best players or two of the top three best players get hurt for the season around Christmas time and don't skip a beat. They make the elite eight. And now, you know, you mentioned Jamal Shedd, you mentioned Sasser. One thing you didn't mention is uh, I'm looking at, uh, you know, their roster here and I see as far as like their main rotational guys, I see junior, senior, junior, redshirt, junior, fifth year guy, uh, junior, and then there's there's a couple sophomores and freshmen sprinkled in there too, but they're an experienced team too. Yeah, they're old. They're big. They're strong. They're old. Um, they have a ton of experience. You're right. Shed was a was a bench guy on that Final Four team. Sasser was a was a starter on that team that went to the Final Four. Yeah. Uh, Jawan Roberts came off the bench last year. Is just kind of a high energy guy. They got another big guy who's who's been like just a, a rock solid role player. Reggie Cheney. Reggie Cheney, yep, he's regarded as one of the better like defensive, just kind of lunch pail dudes uh, in the league. He's going to average probably like four points and seven rebounds, but he's going to be a, a really important piece. Um, Ramon Walker, I think, uh, played a little bit off the bench last year too. I mean, ba- they bring back. I mean, they're they're deep. They're not just like four, five, six guys because because of those injuries last year, they kind of had to develop that depth, right? Ramon Walker probably wouldn't have played a ton last year without some of those injuries. Jamal Shedd wouldn't have had to be relied upon as heavily as he was last year. McKill Wilson is a transfer from Texas Tech who he was a double figure scorer at a smaller school before transferring. He was a role guy at Texas Tech. They can they can go 8-9 deep. Um yeah, it's it's impressive and and then when you throw in obviously what Kelvin Sampson just seems to do with uh you know in terms of just gluing random rosters together, now he's got actual like top-notch talent. Yeah. And then you know, I'm looking at their uh who, who left, right? I see uh, 13.8 points per, per game, 12.5, 11.6, 10.4. And so they do have some production 
to replace here, but like, can you name five coaches who you who would you rather have be in that situation than Kelvin Sampson? I don't think so. No, and 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 to be honest with you, there there might be. I think the league that they play in probably helps in regards of like they're going to be able to, to to grow these guys as the season goes along because their conference will allow them to. I mean, they'll roll in the in the AAC. You know, it's it's a there's there's some okay teams, but Houston, Houston is to what the is to the AAC really what Gonzaga kind of is to the WCC in that they just they dominate that league and it's that they're. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're going to cruise through teams, and they play some good people. I know in the uh, in the non conference, they have some com- com- competitive matchups, but I mean, they're they're going to be they're going to be in a great position for a one seed come March. Uh, even a, even, <laughs> I mean, you don't you you assume that they're not going to like be able to handle as many injuries as they did last year, but assuming that they stay relatively healthy, um, I mean, they're they're going to pile up a ton of wins. It's a machine. Yeah. Yep. And a team, you know, built mostly on defense. I did pull up the schedule here. Some of their um, non-conference ones I actually opened, pulled, pulled up last year. So I didn't realize that. Does ESPN not update their schedules yet? Oh. I don't know if yeah. they have an updated schedule yet. I know. I, I know they're sometimes they're still filling in a couple non-conference games at this point. Yeah. But you'd think most of it would be set. You would think. I think it is pretty much set. I just don't know if ESPN puts it up yet because ESPN sucks. I give up, and then I go on Google Houston basketball schedule. It comes up with the Rockets. So, no one wants to watch the Rockets. They're <laughs> terrible. Um, yeah, good team will be top five at the start. Um, another team, probably second fiddle, but there, there's a decent amount of distance. But this team could give them a run for their money, and that is, you know, one of the disappointing teams from a year ago, Biggs, and that's the Memphis. Sure, they the Tigers. They're the Tigers. Yeah, Memphis Tigers. Yeah. They are the Tigers. You've seen their court, right? It's blue. Yeah, and Fun you fact. know they lose, they lose Imani Bates. Um, they lose Jalen Duran. The Imani Bates one is probably an addition by subtraction because he's not a team player. And um, but they get one of the more highly touted transfers in the portal, if not the most highly touted this year. And that is Kendrick Davis, the point guard coming over from SMU. How do you think he's going to help him out? Yeah, if there's, I mean, if there's a reason to kind of be optimistic and fired up about Memphis this upcoming year, it's that you've got perhaps the best point guard in the country in Kendrick Davis. I mean, he will be probably the the headline name and all on all of the uh, the Koozie Award watch list, like your your top point guard, right? And he'll probably be may, maybe the preseason player of the year in the conference. I don't remember if he was the player of the year or not in the conference last year. I mean, he's he's a, he's terrific. It has to be um, him or Sasser, I'm guessing. Yeah, I would assume it's one of those two. Uh, but Kendrick Davis, and then the combination of him and DeAndre Williams, who is, I don't know, he's he's got to be considered one of the best kind of frontline guys in the conference. His numbers didn't really jump off the page last year because he was kind of playing with, you know, that that Memphis team was just kind of dysfunctional. But mm-hmm. I mean, DeAndre, he's like twenty seven for one, so that's that's neat. Um, that's he's a terrific power forward. So you've got. You know, two of the elite level players at their prospective positions in the conference. Uh, Kendrick Davis is, I mean, he's he's dynamic. He's, you know, he's electric. He's one of the best players in the entire country. And and that's been an issue for Memphis, right? They, they want to blame everything on just the point guard issues. It, maybe that is, uh, I tend to think it's overblown because they've had a lot of guys that just average a ton of turnovers. And, and I do think that's kind of a systemic thing that comes from your coaching is if, if you're just not valuing possessions and, and you don't know how to like, run offense. That's not just a point guard job. That's, that's a basketball IQ thing. Um, but if it really is just a point guard thing, then they went out and got the best one to solve their problems. So I, I tend to think they're a little, they're not nearly as deep on paper as they were last year. But I, I think that's a good thing. I think they're too deep last year to that, where that there, that very well could be the case. I mean, you have Kendrick yeah. Davis who's probably going to play 35 minutes a game and Deandre Williams is going to play 35 minutes a game. And you're not going to need a ton of depth, you know, because yep. just those two guys gobble up, you know, a huge percentage of the minutes at their spots. Yeah. And they lose, you know, on paper, they lose a lot of production from a year ago. We talked about Duran and Bates also lost Quinones, Landers, Nolly, um, Earl Timberley. I didn't know he left too, but yeah, he's, he was a Miami highly rated guy. First one to Miami, but you know I'm looking at the roster again, and same 
same thing as I mentioned with Houston. And I see, as far as rotation guys, eight redshirt seniors, two additional seniors in their rotation. That is ridiculous. You don't see that these days. And uh, you know, guards well, Kendrick the bars Davis. after the games if they if they if they uh, <laughs> back in the day back in the day when I was in college, if we got to a hundred points with our intramural team, we would go to like you know Applebee's and uh, and hit up half off apps and some and some cheap drinks. That's what these guys are probably going to be doing if they can. <laughs> it won't be a hundred if they can like keep under twenty turnovers. They'll probably go to like Applebee's for half off apps and, and drinks. Well, it's crazy to think like. I just mentioned eight retro seniors and two seniors. That doesn't even tell the whole story because one of those guys, I'm not sure if you're exaggerating at all, but you say one of those guys is 27 years old. He's in his he's in his sixth year of college, and I'm pretty sure he took a year off. I'm pretty sure he's 20. He's okay. going to be 25. I want to say I read okay. that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, another transfer they got coming from Boise State, who we'll talk about Boise State later, but Emmanuel Acott, swingman from over there. Uh, you mentioned DeAndre Williams. Elijah. McFadden, I almost said McFadden. Um, another guy who averaged double figures over at Georgia Southern. So obviously a step up, but you know if he can just be a microwave scorer, average like seven, even seven, eight points a game for this team, be helpful for them. Um, a guy who I think at times he got ragged on a little last year. He was their quote unquote uh, true point guard, if you want to say that, was Alex Lomax. Looks like he'll be relegated to more of a reserve role, so it might might fit him a little better this year i would say um but no on paper good team i think definitely the second best in this conference um any more you have to add to that no i would just maybe i i i hate to be that guy i'm going to correct you and say emmanuel acott actually is not going to memphis he originally committed there and then he changed his mind and he's going to where is he going now i think he's going to uh oh i have it written down somewhere he's committed to it is a uh, Western Kentucky is where he's Whoa. going. He changed his mind last minute. So, okay. Um, so I, I I was talking up three man weave earlier. This is the the image I'm using is from their Twitter page when they posted like their daily top forty. You know, yeah. And so they they had them on there. And granted, granted, he just, number- he just he just changed it like two weeks ago, I think. Okay. Okay. Um, so I remember I heard, I remember them bitching about it too on their pod. But Keontae Kennedy is a UTEP. Uh, transfer. He averaged about 14 a game. He's kind of a, a big kind of swing guard. Um, I don't know if he like literally was the next domino to fall or if they were both committed there at the same time or not, but um, that's another dude who could help. Um, and then they also have Jonathan Lawson, who is a guy who barely played last year. He was a top 100 recruit in 2021. Um, you know, to your point about Memphis having almost too many guys, Jonathan Lawson might've been a talented freshman who just got kind of lost in like the, you know, the endless shuffle of dudes. You know, Penny had to try to placate some of those freshmen like Imani Bates saying, hey, you got to play. Um, maybe Jonathan Lawson was a guy that deserved playing time and just, you know, didn't get it. He was a top 100 guy in 2021. He could be a dude that uh, breaks out this year. And then I actually kind of like that Malcolm Dandridge. He's there. He's probably going to be their starting mm-hmm. center. He's not super like skilled, but he's just like big and physical. And I don't know. I kind of like the big guys who are just like, go set a screen, hang out in the short corner dunk a bunch, play good defense. Um, I think that's a nice fit for them. Too many times, like, I think Jalen Duran was the type of dude who uh, probably wanted the ball a lot. Um, I think less guys that want the ball is also a good thing. So I kind of like – I don't mind this Memphis team as much, and part of it is probably because they're so old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. I've got a couple more teams in this conference we can touch on. Um, Cincinnati. Um, you know, last year had first-year head coach, and – you know, had a guy sort of break out a little bit, David DeJulius. He, you know, he's been there two, three years and, you know, was, you know, averaging like you know, seven, 11, something like that, but breaks out for 14 and a half last year. Uh, Jeremiah Davenport is also on their team, averaging 13.4. We talked about Landers Nolly transfer, transferring from Memphis. Well, he goes to Cincinnati. So another good piece for them. And they also get Rob Finissey or Finissey. I almost, I emphasize the wrong syllable there. Finissey from Indiana. So, you know, didn't he have like one good game last year, Fantasy? He yeah, had like one sure break. He, I don't even had know like, if he had one good game, but I feel like he had one good like series of moments, maybe when they yeah. beat Purdue or something. And it was like, wow. There was like a big thing about how the coach had like not played Rob Fantasy and he was like god awful. And then he finally like made a shot and it was like, whoa, I knew he could do it. And then the next game he turned back into a pumpkin and was trash. So maybe he'll <laughs> play. Maybe. 
I mean, the thing uh, about that Cincinnati team, though, is, like, it's kind of, like, guard central. Like, I don't – like, DeJulius is a pretty good one. And then they got, like, a bunch of – I don't know if any of them are, like, like needle movers, but Micah Adams-Woods is okay. Mike Saunders is okay. John Newman's okay. Like, they're really small. But uh, I don't know. I feel like there's some potential for that team to be kind of havocy, you know, with, like, a bunch of dudes that can come up and press and, like, and make plays. But – um, I don't know. They last year I saw them early in the year and they were really impressive. And I was like, "Ooh, Cincinnati. Okay, this might be a team to watch." And uh, you know, you look back later in the season, I, I feel like they hit a wall. They finished like eighth in the conference. I'm surprised about that. I'm curious mm-hmm. to see if this year they can maybe uh, pace themselves a little better. Yep. Then a couple more I have here. Um, actually, I'm just going to talk one more here. SMU. Um, but I don't have. You know, they're an NIT team. I think they were sort of on that bubble. Uh, come tournament time, NIT team end up twenty four and eight for the season, but they lose, you know, by far their best player, and they didn't get much, um, much by way of you know transfers or incoming recruits, and so, you know, I don't have much on them. I know. Do you have any other ones you want to talk about? Uh, the only other two teams that I think could be intriguing in the league are, and this probably isn't even on like a national level, but Temple. I think Aaron McKee is going into his second year as the Temple coach. Maybe the third. I, I forget. 76er? Is that who Yeah, Aaron McKee. Back in the okay. day, he was like the guy who would pass a talent Iverson and then basically just go back and play defense while Allen Iverson thought about shooting. Um, Temple finished fourth in the league last year, and one of their top guys, Khalif Battle, played seven games to start the year. He averaged 21 a game. He was shooting 48% from the three-point line. Uh, this dude is a uh, – He's a he he's like a he, he he's a he's what the kids call a bucket, John. Is he um, goaded? He's not goaded, but he's a bucket. Okay. So okay, perfect. Um, like yesterday, Justin Jefferson was a reception. You know. <laughs> so Kirk, Kirk Cousins was a pass. He was a completion. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they bring back they bring back a bunch of guys too. Damian Dunn was a fifteen point a game guy for them. Jeremiah Williams, Jake Forrester, Ty Strickland, Zach Hicks were all rotation guys. I'm kind of intrigued to see if Temple can be uh, – maybe they can take a little step here in Aaron McKee uh, in his tenure. It feels like it's been a really long time since Temple was good. I'm old enough to remember when Temple was was usually solid, so I, I wouldn't mind that. Was the old um, coach Chaney? What was his first name? Yeah, yeah, John Chaney. Legendary, John, John Chaney. Chaney. Yeah, how, 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 how could I not come up with that name? Yeah. And then, uh, and then Tulane is another one. They finished fifth last year, uh, but they were playing like – a super young group. It feels like everybody that was playing for them was either a freshman or a sophomore and none of those guys transferred. So uh, I'm curious to see if they maybe take a jump. Jalen Cook, Jalen Forbes and Kevin Cross combined for like almost 50 a game between the three of them. Uh, and then they've got a bunch of role players too. They, they bring back like seven of their top eight guys. So I'm curious to see if either one of those teams can maybe raise the water level of the league. Maybe not necessarily as like at large tournament teams, but just, you know, teams that like make like league play decent. I feel like there was just it was kind of kind of similar to Gonzaga, where Houston would get into their league play, and it's just like, okay, we literally don't have to watch Houston now the rest of the year because they're not going to play a single good team. I don't know. Can, can some of these teams become at least like decent fodder instead of just completely getting run over by them? Yeah, because I see by by my count they had two tournament teams from a year. I wouldn't mind having a couple more there. Um. Now, let's see. Next, do you have anything else to add to the AAC? Any players you even watch out for that we haven't already mentioned? You can think no, of? I guess this is kind of the last hurrah, though, right, of the AAC. How many of these teams are leaving? Houston's leaving. Uh, Houston, uh, uh, Cincinnati is. Cincinnati's too. leaving. They're both. Yeah. Is UCF is going Memphis? to this? I think UCF is in the Big 12. Is UCF going? Okay. I how think about, so. Uh, how about Memphis? Are they going? I forget. I can't remember. It's going to turn into just kind of a sad league here pretty soon. So, yeah. um, this this is the last kind of hoorah. Which did it? Did this conference begin when there's the Big East at mass exodus, or what was it there before? Yeah, I think that that sounds about right. I think okay. so. It was there before, or or this is when it started. No, I think it kind of. St- I think this is a relatively young league. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It might so, have been uh, something different before. I don't. I don't know. Because I know they did get a lot of those teams that were sort of in there. Was Cin- Wait, was Cincinnati Big East? Yep. Okay. 
They're part of the old biggies, which those are some fun days. Um, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll move on from AAC. We'll we're gonna save the West Coast Conference for the end. So, what do you want to go to first, A10 or the Mountain West? Let's start working our way from. Well, we kind of started in the bottom, didn't we? So it wouldn't really make any sense geographically to go to the. A10. We 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 do still have the opportunity to go completely alphabetical order. I do like that. I something um, about going alphabetical order gets me excited. So 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 let's switch it up. Let's go to Mountain West then. Let's go to the yep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh. let's uh, let's start with the team that was in that top forty that I mentioned earlier. That's the San Diego State coming in. Do you want do you want to guess what number? It was top forty. Yep. Thirty three. Thirteen. They're a lot higher than thirteen. Yeah. That's that's too rich. I'm you sorry. You think that's too high? Yes, they can't score. 13 for San Diego State. You serious, Clark? Yeah. Well, they got Matt Bradley coming back. Bigs. He's 17 points per game. Um, was he was he the Cal guy? He was the Cal guy. Yeah, he's the he was the guy from Cal. Yeah. yeah. He's like jacked, but he's good at shooting. There's just not a lot of those. It, it, is he uh is he a bench press? He might he might be like a bicep curl, okay, or like a perfect. shoulder shrug. <laughs> uh, they He's do get a couple trapped, man. Like he looks like Bane. Yeah, they do get a couple good transfers in Darian Trammell from Seattle, uh, Micah Parrish from Oakland, um, Jaden like, from TCU. Like just looking at this team on paper, I don't see how they're thirteen. I, I sort of agree with you here. I do see I do see a lot of experience, which that's sort of the common theme with the good teams in these leagues is they're old. Um, Nathan Mintz is another guy, Jaden, Jaden Leday, Lamont Butler is another guard they have, but like you return one double digit score, the two transfers you come in who granted did average double digits are both up transfers. Um, I just don't see it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm looking back now last, I mean, last year at Ken Palm, they ranked 25th, which is higher than I guess I would have thought. Um, that's propped but, up but, definitely by the typical San Diego State. They were second in defensive efficiency. But does what they have coming in justify bumping them from twenty-five to thirteen? Which, granted, it's not it's not a apples apples comparison. I get that, but does it justify that? I I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I do like the transfers. I think uh, I mean Micah Parrish. Who knows? He, he played at Oakland, which is the Horizon League, where they play no defense. So. You know, we'll see if he can translate and be not a 12-point-a-game guy, but can he just be a useful rotation guy? I think Jaden Lede can be a solid rotation. I mean, he's like 6'9 and long and, and rangy. Trammell, I think, is like a useful – I don't think he's like a major minute guy. He's nowhere. He's not going to be like a go-to scorer, but can he give them a little pop? Because they, I do see they he like averaged – Last year that had no juice, you know? I do like – You know, I mentioned 17.3 points per game. But he also averaged five assists per game. I do like that. Yeah. That's, that's a good number to have. It is. And, and he can shoot a little bit. So, I mean, it gives them – it just felt like watching them last year was so much of like they're going to get it to Matt Bradley and he's going to have to either just like make – he's going to have to make a tough shot or get fouled or they're just going to have to like win like 52 to like 50. And they just had, they just had no offensive punch. So, I mean, they ranked 160th in, in offensive efficiency. So, I mean, that tells you like they're – they are they are like the wing T team in football right now, and like all this spread option passing stuff. Like they're not even just run heavy; they're like we don't pass, you know, and, and like that 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 on the basketball court. Like they're just we're gonna give it to our fullback every time, which is basically what Matt Bradley's built like. I, I'm picturing the uh, uh, Kenny, is it Kenneth Lofton Jr. I can't remember where we played last year. That's what I picture when you say that fullback. Yeah, like Matt Bradley's basically just like a um like imagine Kenneth Lofton except Kenneth Lofton like found a way to like, he trimmed up all the fat and just turned it into muscle. That's okay. like what Matt Bradley looks like. Yeah, he does. I will say this. I think they're going to be excellent again, defensively. Uh, I don't remember the last time San Diego state wasn't excellent defensively. Nathan Mensa is back and he's like an anchor. One of the best defenders probably in the mountain West. He's, he's awesome inside. Uh, Lamont Butler, Kishaw Johnson, Matt Bradley. I mean, they're going to be big and long and they're gonna be tough to get shots over. I, I think it's just – I still wonder, do they have enough offensive explosiveness? I think they're going to be probably the favorite in the Mountain West. I don't know if they should be, but um, they're always good. So, I mean, I, I think they'll be good. 
I, I don't think they're the 13th best team in the country, but I think they're a they're a surefire tournament team. Yeah. So who uh, who do you think is the best of the rest here? We got Boise State, we got Colorado State, Wyoming. Who do, who do you got? I think Wyoming is probably. I'm not sure Wyoming shouldn't be the favorite. Yeah, I, I, and I, I'm seeing you know 19 and a half points per game returning as well as 18 and a half with Graham Ike and Hunter Maldonado. Now they kind of weren't they like uh, regular season darling, but faded. Um, you know, I have it in my notes they lost uh, in the first four to Indiana, but I remember them being like firmly in the tournament picture for a while there, but then they sort of fell off at the end. Yeah, that's. I think that sounds right. Yeah, Ek and Maldonado, they were they were just so they were they were awkward, right? Because Maldonado is like a six foot seven point guard who they would who they would drop into the post. Ek is kind of a throwback physical big guy who just kind of bullies his way up front. So like they they present kind of interesting matchups for a lot of people. And then I, I'm wondering if people just kind of figured them out. And also their guard play just wasn't wasn't great. I mean, Hunter Maldonado was their point guard, but like he's not a he, he's not great in terms of like handling pressure and he's not a great shooter. Like he's just kind of a big physical um, point forward type playing point guard. I like that they're back and they've got a couple other rotation guys back. I think four of their top five are back, but they also hit the portal pretty well. And I think added some down transfers. Yeah. Um, I see some pac 12 guys, which what, how's that down transfer when they're going to the same conference? True. You're adding some yeah. sideways transfers. Perfect. Right, sideways. Tra- they're transferring east. A um, couple of USC guys, and Ethan Anderson and Max Anga- Agbong Polo. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm glad you're trying to pronounce that because I was going to defer to you anyway. Agbong Polo. Let's go with a- that. Bong Polo. I think sure. you got to get the K in there. Agbong Polo. Yes. Um, I like Ethan Anderson though as like a rotation guy at USC. Like he's 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 not great, right? He's not going to be like the man for this team, but if he's cool, like. If if him and if him and Eggbong Polo are cool with rolling in and like being basically playing the exact same roles they played for USC, which is like secondary guys who who focus on playing some defense, knock down a shot occasionally, like low leverage kind of situation where EK and Maldonado are still kind of your alphas. I like both those guys in in those similar roles. And then and then Jay Kyman, who is like a decent enough, you know, lower level rotation guy at UCLA. I think he's a guy who can give them some shooting, which they really, really needed last year, and, and some size. I mean, they're going to be enormous again. Wyoming's going to be just absolutely massive. So, well, Ethan Anderson's a muscular guard. He is. He's a little bowling ball. He's yeah. like six foot, but isn't he like two twenty? I'm not sure his weight, but he's. I just looked at a picture of him. He's muscular. I, I, well, he's like a big John out there. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I got a couple more on my list here. We can touch any more you have, but I've got Boise state and Colorado state. And one thing I'm noticing here, like all four of these teams that I've mentioned made the tournament. None of them won, won a tournament game last year. And, uh, Boise state, I want to say was a six seed lost to no, not, I'm thinking Colorado state, Colorado state was a six seed lost to Michigan. In the first round Boise state, I think they lost an eight, nine matchup to Memphis. Correct. Uh, San Diego state. I'm not sure what seed they were, but they, uh, they gave Creighton a run. They gave Creighton, and it was a close game. I remember that. Um, and when I say I remember that, I mean that I just wrote it in my notes here that they gave Creighton a run for the money. Um, and then Wyoming, like I mentioned earlier, um, fell off at the end, lost to Indiana first four matchup. So they like they barely made it in. Um, but for Colorado State, you know, they lose. You know, probably was he the best player in the league last year? Was he player of the year, Dave Durati? Yeah, he I think he was. Been. Yeah. So I lose him. They do have a uh, around 15 points per game score returning in Isaiah Stevens. Um, get a couple uh, up transfers. One, one it says Hills Hillsdale, Hillsdale averaged 22 points per game. That's got to be a JUCO. Um, and then there's a Josiah Strong from Illinois State, average double figures. So, um, you know, they definitely do have enough to make a tournament run here. Will they be as good as last year? Probably not. Yeah, no, I think if there's any chance that they are going to be even in the mix, it's because Isaiah Stevens just goes just goes nuts. I mean, he's, yep. he's maybe the best point guard in the league. I mean, he was awesome last year. He was like a 15 and like six assist type guy. Uh, he, he's really, really good. So I think it'll be fun to watch him kind of be fully unleashed. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm worried that they just don't have enough. And they, they, they had a surprising a lot of turnover. Like, they had a lot of guys leave. I feel like they had yep. a lot of guys. I mean, like Roddy left for the NBA. 
But then they had like three or four other kind of rotation guys that either transferred or graduated out. Um, you know, so who knows? I mean, I guess, who were these guys before they became good players? They, they were nobodies too. So I guess we're back into that cycle for Colorado State is can they – can they turn? The, can they find the next kind of batch of guys that can become useful guys? Um, uh, until they do, it's Isaiah Stevens and, and friends for me. Yep. Then Boise State, um, you know, loser, leading scorer. Um, they do have a Marcus Shaver coming back, averaging thirteen points a game. Which, if they ever play Houston, I'm going to be confused with Marcus Shaver and and a Marcus Sasser. That's going to throw me for a loop. God, you're so right, Shaver and Sasser. Yeah. Um, yeah, Boise State though, I, I think. My, my note on them was that Marcus Shaver and Tyson Dagenhart uh, should be a really good one-two punch. I don't really know what else they got coming in. Um, I feel like they, they lost a lot. What Part of what made them so special last year was their just overall size, and, and they lose a lot of that with uh, is a key, key gab and, um, and ACOT both being gone. Yeah, you know, there, there's some there's – some, that's tough to replace just from a yeah. length and athleticism kind of standpoint. But I really like that Dagenhart. He was really good as a freshman – um, and then Shaver is a is a potential kind of go to scorer. I think those two guys could be kind of fun to watch. Yeah. And so just looking from this conference at from the outside, um, I'm kind of seeing two teams, maybe three, making the tournament. What do you think? Yeah, I would say I would say the over under on tournament teams for them would be two and a half. Yeah. I would take the under. Okay. All right, let's move on. We have the A10. And uh, let's see, we have two teams in here that showed up on that top 40. Neither one of them made the tournament last year. That's Dayton and St. Louis. Um, tell me why those two are going to be uh, – are going to trend up and make the tournament this year. Well, they always say, John, John, you always like to say the best thing about freshmen is that they become sophomores. That's right? true. Isn't that your favorite thing to say? That is very true, yes. Or one of them at least. Well, yeah, there's also if, the if, whole I, I get older, they stay the same. No, I'm not saying that one. <laughs> no comment. Um, <laughs> Dayton has like eight guys that were freshmen and now become sophomores. So that's, that's a lot. That's, that is a lot. They have, are, they bring back you're, you're not exaggerating here. Are you? Yeah, I might be, but they bring, okay. they bring back their top eight guys. And I want to say at least six of them were freshmen. So huh? they played a ton of freshmen last year. And you know, in this day and age of like, these small schools having to freak out if their guys get too good because they'll leave in the portal. Dayton was able to keep that whole roster. That yeah. that that kind of continuity just, I don't know, that that feels really rare. Um, and I think it gives them a leg up probably going into this year. You might be able to steal some wins early in the season because you've got guys who are familiar with each other. Um, and, and you yeah. got to think of some of these freshmen, like you have a, a list of about five or six of them that could potentially take that step. So – that's that's maybe the, the the reason that Dayton's getting a ton of hype. I mean, Daron Holmes was a guy who averaged 13 and six as a freshman. He's a big guy. He was like a top 80 recruit. I'm pretty sure coming out of high school. And that's just the kind of caliber of talent that like the Atlantic 10 does not get very often. Uh, Malachi Smith is a really solid kind of floor general point guard. His brother was Scoochie Smith from those Dayton teams that like went to sweet 16s and elite eights way back in the day. Remember with Archie Miller as their head coach. I actually have a note on Malachi Smith. Actually, not really a note. I just noticed this. Um, Malachi Smith is also the guy who transferred from Chattanooga to Gonzaga. So that's correct. They've got, they've got that Malachi going for him. Yeah. That's going to throw me for a loop later. But go on. They also have two guys named Kobe. And one of those, his last name is Elvis, which is also cool. That is, that's very, that's very, uh, very solid two first names. Like, can yeah. you trust him? <laughs> did you see that Elvis movie? I did. I thought it was good. Was it good? Okay, I, I I haven't I haven't checked it out, but I'm I can't I don't know if I'm intrigued by it or not. Can I? Can, this won't be a, I won't like spoil anything, but I can I like tell you what my actual thought or like the point of view of the movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's kind of from so apparently like his uh like main promoter or manager was like his handler. Yeah, Tom Hanks, Jack, right? That's who he plays. Yeah, yeah, that's a character. That's the actor. Um, he's basically a jackass. Um, that's right. And so the story is basically him trying to explain, oh, hey, guess what? I'm actually not a jackass. And so that's sort of how they tell the story. But it is a good movie. I'd recommend going to it. Okay. Okay. Yes. Uh, but back to this. Um, that was movie reviews with Bigs and Smalls. Yep. Um, you know, you mentioned all the guys they have returned. They also have a top 100 guy 
I'm not going to be able to pronounce this. Mike Sharov Jamps. Sounds good. Mike Sharov Jamps. Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to say Shashevsky. Mike Shashevsky. <laughs> no. He's gone. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> I hope he just has a slick back hair just like Coach. Like uh, John Schreier's predecessor. Yesterday. And then he pulls out his back when he, he misses a shot. <laughs> yes. But no, definitely a lot to build on. I see like six guys averaging from like six points per game to 12. Um, they're very – this is the first of previous conference previous season. They're very Florida state They are really Florida state You're right. I like that. <laughs> we don't use that for – we don't compare enough teams to Florida State. We really don't. I'm, I'm actually kind of curious now. Do you think Florida State is even Florida state this year? I don't think so. But I was going to say, when I was scrolling through, I can't remember which team it was, but there wasn't Isaac Okoru of Florida State a couple of years ago? Isaac Okoro. Is that the dude who plays for Cleveland now? Francis Okoro. Fra- Francis. Francis Okoro. He, yeah, he yeah. plays for St. Louis. Yeah, he plays for St. Louis. That's which a great we'll get to, which we'll, Yeah, we'll get to that team right now. Cool. Uh, tell me it's why Fran- Tell me f- why Francis Okoru will contribute heavily to this team in a good way. Probably because he's got really good teammates. Um, okay. Yuri Collins is one of the best point guards in the country. He's going to be probably on that Koozie Award kind of watch list. Um, he'll be probably one of the preseason player of the year candidates in the Atlantic 10. He averaged like 11 points and eight assists or something crazy like that last year. Uh, he's a bulldog of a defender. He entered the transfer portal and decided to come back, so that's cool. We like those. Uh, we like those portal. Uh, that's not a boomerang transfer, though. I want the people listening to understand that is not a boomerang transfer. Is there a phrase for the for the like dabbing, your, like testing the water, putting your toe, like dunking your toe in, and then? Let's call it the not, Brett Favre. The Brett Favre. Yeah, the Brett Favre. Like you're saying okay. you're going to retire, but then you don't actually retire, and you just come back, and then like. The team was all along just uh, like planning that you weren't going to be there, but then you come back and then they have to change their depth chart. And then eventually you uh, break Vikings fans' hearts. That only works though if he does like in his announcement that he's coming back, he plays the video of uh, the Wolf of Wall Street guy, you know, where he's like, I ain't leaving. But then he photoshops his face on there. Oh, that's perfect. That feels like what every single athlete does now. It's not done enough. The the the, the Leonardo DiCaprio just I ain't fucking leaving. But it's yeah. got Yuri Collins's face. A underrated one from that one is the one of us. One of us. Have you seen that one? Yes. No. That's a good one too. Okay. I'll check that yeah. out. Okay. Um Gibson Jimerson was like a sixteen point a game guy. He's like a sharpshooter, kind of a two guard. I feel like you would I feel like you would uh you'd be a big Gibson Jimerson fan. He's got two last names. So uh that's fun. <sighs> We're not going to go down that road. We'll be here for no. hours. The real reason St. Louis is probably uh, as hyped as they are is because Javante Perkins, who I'm guessing at this time a year ago was one of the three or four kind of hot player of the year candidates in the conference. I think he suffered a torn ACL. Did he play at all last year? Because I'm seeing like on this cheat sheet, it's, it says 2020 slash 2021 stats. Yep. So he did he play, play at all? Year. He got hurt in okay. the preseason, missed the whole okay. year. Um, but he was terrific the year before. He's like a 16-point-a-game, uh, smooth kind of scoring swingman. He, he's really, really good. So I don't know how good he's going to be right away coming back. You know, it might be one of those where you hope that by halfway point of the year he's he's kind of operating at a high level again, assuming it yep. comes back at all. Yep. Um, that might be a little bit more of a, an assumption than, than you want. What if he doesn't come back? What if he comes back and he's not great? You know, then, then I don't think the St. Louis team is nearly as as good, probably, as, as some of, like, I would say Dayton would be better. But if Javante Perkins comes back and he's good, him, Collins, and Jimerson is uh, is a perimeter trio that is, that's outstanding. And then Okoro is a pretty good kind of anchor, big guy defender. He played at Oregon back in the day, and he basically looks exactly what, like what you would expect an Oregon big. He's just big and physical and uh, plays defense, doesn't demand the ball a lot. Really nice role player. Yeah. 10 and 8 guy. Another guy I see who probably come off the bench here, depending on Perkins' status, is uh, Javon Pickett coming over from Missouri. He's another good player for them. So, you know, all around good team here. And, um, you know, we got a couple more teams here. I'm not sure if you want to talk about. I've got Davidson, Loyal Chicago, and VCU, which Loyal Chicago, it's their first season 
in the A-10 after many, many seasons in the Missouri Valley. And are you like me? Whenever I think of Loyal Chicago, I think of that. I can't think of his name right now. But uh, the Sister the, Jean? Yeah. Yeah, that guy. They're a center from a couple years ago. Who, uh, everyone, Crutwig. Cam Crutwig, yes. He was awesome. I still think of them. And do they have – who was like their uh, – do they still have the one guy who was like their main guy last year and was like the second fiddle two years ago? I can't think of his name. Nope, he's gone. Lucas, Lucas Williams. Yeah, I'm thinking Williamson. I think um, he's gone. I think he was a super senior gone. last year. But honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they bring back a – they were kind of Florida state too, though. Remember they had like nine guys that averaged between like five and a half and, I don't know, nine and a half points or something? Like it, it's, yeah. it's a, the whole is better than the sum of the parts? No. Yeah, that's the phrase, right? Yes. Okay. That's what I feel like they are. That's yeah, a good thing to be. It's kind of like a, they're, very, under, they're very Houston-y. Over under four and a half more seasons of Drew Valentine at Loyola Chicago before he gets a bigger job. You say four or four and a half? I, I said four and a half. So you have to take uh, a, you know, okay. unless he gets fired and hired. I, so, I was hoping you said four so I could say push. Um, oh, no, 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 no. Under. Oh, those are no fun. Under. You're going under. Yes. I like it. Okay. Maybe a Tom Izzo replacement when Izzo retires. Could be. Let's get that started. His his brother did play there. He sure did. Yeah. Did something else. Also played for the Bulls for a cup of coffee. He did. Yeah. I don't know if yes. he was something else there. He was. He was. He was definitely something else. You know. Right. Yeah. Um. You know a great a, a great way to segue this. We're talking about a Michigan State potential. Um. One of the teams that I'm really intrigued by in this league will be led by a couple of Michigan defectors, uh, the Virginia Commonwealth Commonwealthers. What is their team name? I don't even know. VCU. Rams, Rams, Rams. The Rams, that's right. That's pretty sick, actually. Yeah. Um, you have the Richmond Spiders and the VCU Rams, and they play in the same town, basically. Wasn't, anyway. Brandon, wasn't Brandon Johns the guy who filled in two tournaments ago, like when uh, they had the one guy get hurt, Isaiah Livers? Yeah. Yeah, he was the one who, okay. I, I was high on him last year, and he averages 3.2 points per game. That's all he averaged was three, three points a game, basically? Yeah, yeah. That surprised me. I do think, I, th- I think he's going to be a good player. I, I yeah. liked him, too, at Michigan. Um, I bet you Michigan would like to have him back. I thought he was okay. I, I think him and, and Zeb Jackson, who was another guy who just kind of played, you know, sparingly at Michigan. I would not be surprised if both those down transfers play really well at VCU. And then you've got yeah. Ace Baldwin, who's like one of the better. Was he hurt last cards. year? He he played. He played. Did he? I thought he was okay. going to be all all year too. And then I thought so too. Somehow he played. Um, so you have him and Jaden Nunn both back to VCU. Here's here's a question, Bakes. Here's here's a Baldwin. question. Ace Baldwin. What's his actual first name? Oh my gosh! I literally just looked it up today. It's like Adrian, right? Yes. Okay. Yep. Is it seriously? A- yeah, it's Adrian Baldwin Jr. Yo, Adrian. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. They also have a uh, top 100 recruit, Alfonso Billups, actually son of Chauncey. I was wondering that. I was looking at their roster. Don't don't, like, don't hey. fact check me. Don't don't fact check me. I have no idea. His his nickname. His like he's got like a nickname. It was like Alfonso something Bill, and it literally made me wonder if it was any relation to Chauncey. I can look it up, but I highly doubt it. Wasn't Chauncey's name? Is Chauncey's name actually Chauncey Billups, or is his name like Brashad? Jones I'm literally looking up if Chauncey it is Chauncey. name is Chauncey. It is Chauncey. That's a great name. Let's see. I'm looking if Wikipedia shows. He was born in 1976. So if he had a child, I mean, he's 45. God, that's crazy. Yeah, it doesn't might... list any kids. Oh, he does. I mean, he does have enough. a wife. He does have a wife of 21 years. Good for him. That is nice. Oh, a very faithful man. Well, we think. Oh yeah. Who knows? He's made a lot of money. So true. <laughs> his nickname was Mr. Big Shot back in the day. Well, you remember I had turn or not tournament run the finals run he had there. Yeah, I saw some graphic where it's like they had a ridiculous amount of games where they allowed was it less than seventy points? Like it, might, it probably honestly like 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 twelve or thirteen games during the season where they allowed less than seventy points or something like that. Well, I feel like they ever they probably gave up like eighty a game. So yeah, yeah. they probably held they probably. That's insane. Think about now. Like, I know. That's impressive if you can hold teams under 70, like, in a half. 
that that's like a good you're an average or above average college basketball defensive team if you give up 70 some points per game but nah maybe not above it, average i don't know why i'm saying this this is, this is not an interesting fact let's move on um do you have anything to say about davidson i know new coach but same last name yeah, now maybe they'll find a, another guy named Steph Curry or something with that last last name. I don't know. Yeah, or who's the Kentucky guy? Who's the Kentucky guy now? Uh, Calipari. I, no, the guy who transferred from Davidson to Kentucky for last year. There was a guy who transferred to to Davidson from Kentucky. No, from Davidson to Kentucky. He played at oh, Davidson. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Kellen Grady. Yeah, yeah that's that's the name. That was trivia time. Anyways. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Any, anything else to add to I, A10? I know nothing about Davidson, to be honest. I feel like they lost a ton. I mean, they lost Mike Jones. Ooh. Mike Jones. Ooh. <laughs> We're not vibing. We need to do this in person. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's that's another team that you just kind of assume is good, but also because McKillop is not old McKillop, it's new McKillop. I don't know. It's actually Michael. Things. It's actually Michael Jones, by the way. It is. He's the now, know who Mike Jones that it gets. They do have a couple good players. I know uh, Foster Lawyer. He's the Michigan State guy from a couple of years ago. Yep, he was good last year. Yeah, and then Sam Aninka is another good guy for them. Uh, average eight and a half points per game. And the only reason, like my criteria for saying someone's a good guy is if uh, Rothstein mentions his name on his podcast. So I've heard the name Sam Aninka before. <laughs> Easier to uh, – tougher than a weekend at the in-laws <laughs> playing against Davidson. No. Yep. No, I saw that. More locked in than a CPA on April 15th. That's That's got to be your <laughs> your go-to one. Archie Miller. <sighs> All right. <laughs> Let's move on to the final conference here. That's the West Coast. It is led by none other than who you say is the best team that we talked about tonight. That is the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Future Big East uh, favorite maybe? Could be. Yeah, there actually is talks that, isn't there? How cool! But they're, would that on the, be? they're on the west. They're on the west side of the country, though. They really are. It's uh, it doesn't make any sense. But selfishly, if I live in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and they have to come to Omaha, Nebraska, which is about two and a half hours away from me, um, I'm here for that. So yeah, that'd be kind of neat. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> this team's obviously led by big man in the middle, and I'm not talking about Chet Holmgren. He's gone. That is Drew Timmy, that like everyone's favorite player to hate on. They get some solid role players returning from a year ago and Razier Bolton and Julian Strother. They have a they have two of my I like doing sophomore breakout candidates, which basically means they were highly rated freshmen, but they couldn't crack a rotation because they went to a like they play a position that they already had a player for. Um that's Nolan Hickman and Hunter Salas. I have no reason to believe they're gonna break out, except that they are sophomores that didn't play that much, that much last year. Uh they also have on the other Malachi Smith, or is this the original Malachi Smith? I'm not sure. Coming over from Chattanooga, they get Efton Reed, a big man. You'll he'll he'll just be uh, Drew Timmy's backup at the center position there. Another sophomore breakout guy potentially. I mean, he was like a top could be recruit, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. And so, and then another guy, just a solid role player, probably coming off the bench, who uh, has started at times for them in their career in his career, and that's Anton Watson, but. You know, just a loaded team. The only thing is, are they too loaded? That's the question, right? I mean, uh, I guess here's here's the way I would put this for this Gonzaga team. What is like what's the minimum they can do and still like reach expectations? Is it title or bust, or is it like do you have to get to a final four? Like how do you how do you gauge what is a good season for a Gonzaga for this Gonzaga team? I think if you're a diehard Gonzaga fan, you're sick of not winning a national championship. So that's for them. It's probably title or bust. If you're just a fan on the outside looking in, if they make the final four or the elite eight, you're probably going to put them as number one ranked preseason next year. Like, do you think they even want to be ranked number one in the preseason? Probably not. Like, like, what is this? Three, four, five years in a row. Like, what are we at now? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it's, it's that many it's years. Three, it, it does feel it's like they're three for sure. It's three for sure because last year they were, 
two years ago was the year that they were undefeated going to the national title game. And I know they're, I'm pretty sure they're ranked number one that year too. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they, they've been ranked, they've been ranked number one, you're right, at least three years in a row in the preseason. And, and while it's hard to like, you, I mean, they went to the championship game and they were almost undefeated. They almost completed an undefeated season. So it's like, it's hard to be disappointed, but also you get that far and it's like, damn. They also got blown out, which I feel like factors into the, the evaluation process of like where we're at with Gonzaga. And last year, I mean, they were, they were awfully good all year. It felt like there were some more cracks in the armor. And yet somehow we just were like, oh, well, Gonzaga, they're one, you know, and, and they got upset. So I don't know. I mean, is this team as good as, how would you, maybe there's another question that we could just sit and ask questions on Gonzaga all day. How would you compare this team on paper to last year's team and the year before's team? And maybe of the last handful of years, since since they basically went to this like full throttle down, we're going to be like a Death Star Gonzaga basketball, which I feel like started maybe like 2016. They had some damn good teams, right? Yep. How's this one? How's this one stack up? If I were to rank those three teams, so basically starting with the year they lost the national title game to Baylor, I would go just on. You said on paper, right? Yeah. On paper. Last year's team would be number one in my my mind. Two years ago would be number two, and this year would be number three. But they're still a very good team. Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. They don't have to be better than last year's team or the year before's team or the 2017 team or the 2018 or 19, any of those teams that were re- reasonably good enough to take home a national title. I think this team is good enough to win a national title. What's that? Did Malachi Smith only averaged nine points per game. I thought it was more. Malachi Smith more. at Chattanooga? Yeah. He averaged like 20. This is not updated. On, on this sheet, it says 9.3. That's probably the Malachi Smith that's at Dayton. They probably got they, that They wrong. probably put the wrong one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But no. Um, or it's 19.3 very- and they just forgot to put a one there. Yeah, that's got to be it. That could be let, too. Let, let, let's scroll through the mentions and see if anyone noticed it. Okay. My question with this Gonzaga team, and you and you talked about it earlier with the two sophomore breakout guys. I think Nolan Hickman looked like he looked legit last year in kind of the limited minutes he got. But it was limited minutes. And what if he doesn't break out? You know, I, I don't know. That was That's what's – that's always been like Gonzaga's Achilles heel, it feels like, is they have good guards. But when you're talking about winning a national championship versus racking up 25 wins playing in the WCC, good guards are two different things there. Yep. you know. And, and it seems like when they when they get got, it's because their guards just don't have the juice and they don't have the athleticism to like – it's not necessarily to, to like score. It, it's They can't stay in front of anybody. And if they can't guard anybody, Timmy's not exactly an eraser – in the paint like Chet Holmgren was. And if Chet Holmgren can't cover up some of those defensive issues, you know, that that's going to be an issue. And then, and then the other thing that I always worry about with Gonzaga is they play just this beautiful brand of up and down basketball. It feels like they're playing without, it's like they're just playing in an open gym environment, right? Everything is so smooth and everything is just so free flowing. They get nice shots, they get layups, they run their stuff. And then they run into that one team, Texas tech. They run into Arkansas. They run into Baylor, who just kind of out-physical them and disrupt that that smoothness. And very few of those Gonzaga teams have had like the 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 counter to that, the change-up to that. I think they can run that smooth offensive stuff where they're going to put up 85, 90 points a game. They're going to have they're going to have stretches this year in WCC play, like last year, where they have four games in a row where they go 197, 110, and and 105. You know what I mean? They're going to pile up a ton of points against garbage teams. The only way to truly evaluate them is can they can they win the gritty, kind of nasty, tight games, which they might legitimately only have to do three or four of those, but you're going to have to do one in March. I, and I think that's where Anton Wojcik comes into play. Is he's sort of their gritty, do-it-all, junkyard dog, in your words, kind of guy. I do love him. I yeah. love him as a role guy, but I think you need like a, like a guard, though. Because Anton Watson is like a solid – he can play some defense. He'll get you a rebound. He'll do some of that tough stuff. But I think you're going to need like a guard who can, when you shoot 35%, like, and your guards are just not knocking down shots. Do you have like a, a guy who can go get you, who can who can take over a couple couple minutes of a game by 
playing physical on the perimeter and getting a shot off. You know what I mean? That's a, that's a super specific like instance. And maybe that never really happens, but that's my big worry is that if a team keeps them in the half court and things just aren't flowing nicely, do they have somebody that can, they can do it. I don't think drew Timmy can, I think there is something too that. He's maybe a bit of a front runner type. He's a really, really good player. One of the better players in the country, obviously. I, I'm worried about their guards, even though I think their guards are good. Yep. And you mentioned Nolan Hickman. He does, he, he's got some big shoes to fill because Nemhard was great for him a year ago. Yeah, he was great. Suggs was great the year before that. I mean, Josh Perkins was really good. They've had great guards for a really long time. That's why it's hard to imagine one of these guards not breaking out, right? It's because they just they yeah. always have good guards. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and, and he was – he was a pedigree dude. He was the top 30 recruit. Salas was like a top, wasn't Salas like a top 25 guy. So, I mean, he, he might certainly, even, I think both of them might've been like, I swear like top 15 even. They were highly rated four and a half, yeah. four to five star guys. So, I mean, you have those guys. Rasir Bolton was, was solid last year for them. Way better than I thought he'd be. Yeah. Um, and Malachi Smith has done it. So you've got four guards. That's a pretty good group. And what then Strother too. Another guy that I like. What if this, like in the NFL, like say if you have a draft a first round pick in the NFL and then they get hurt the next, like they get hurt in their rookie year, and then the next year you have to draft another first rounder, and then you say, oh, we have two new first round guys. Yeah, you got two they, number you know, ones. So I see they have Braden Huff's their highest rated incoming freshman, but what if they're like, oh, we have three top one hundred recruits coming in this year? All right, let's move on here, Biggs. We have St. Mary's as the next uh, next highest. Team here made the second round a year ago. Do, do return some guys, uh, Logan Johnson, Alex Dukas, um, but also return or lose some guys. Matthias Tass, I think I pronounced that right, uh, and sure, Tommy Cousy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, t- do you like this team, Biggs? What do you think about these guys? I mean, it's one of those where I mean, St. Mary's is just it's it's. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who they have coming back besides Logan Johnson and, and Alex Dukas. And um, oh, they got another kind of forward who was kind of a role player. But I mean, they lose Tommy Cousy, which is tough to imagine them being able to just kind of fill in right away. Right. I mean, he was a really good kind of lead guard for them. And Matias Toss was a hoss inside. Uh, Toss I, I like a that. Yeah, yeah, he was he was a stud. So. I don't know. Can they bring those guys back? I mean, I think so, probably. But are they going to be as good? I, I highly doubt that. No. No. And then uh, just a couple more teams here, Biggs. We have San Francisco. Um, you know, and I'm so disappointed. So they had that amazing first round game against Murray State. Remember I that know. Game? And I just remember, like that was probably my f- first time watching San Francisco all last year. And I'm watching this Jamari Bouye, who, A, he's amazing. B, he has an amazing name. And that's the only time I, I'll get to watch him in college basketball because that was the end of his career. He's gone. Um, he, did have a, he did have a great name. He was – Yeah, Jamari Bouye. Jamari Bouye. Yeah. Uh, another guy expected to depart, uh, Patrick Tape. I only know that name because he played for Duke and then left. So he's a good person. Um. And then let's see the last team here. I've got on my list, um, but I don't expect too much out of them. That's BYU. They lose their best their best player by far, and Alex Barcelo. Um, so I don't know what you think about those two teams, um, but you know, just looking at this conference from a whole, I see two tournament teams, just like uh, the Mountain West that we just talked about. Yeah, I would almost I would almost set the the over under at like one and a half because I'm not even really I don't I don't know what you got in some of those other ones. It does seem like the WCC has gotten to a point where you you kind of allude to this occasionally. Um, it's like the second best team just gets like an overrated status because Gonzaga is so good that oh. like they just kind of they get like Gonzaga's sloppy seconds or something. Um, <clears throat> I don't know much about BYU, future Big 12 team BYU, right? Aren't they going to the Big 12? I believe so, yes. I'm intrigued by San Francisco. I don't think they're going to be anywhere near as good, but... I do like Khalil Shabazz. He was kind of the Robin to Bouye's Batman. And That's another Marcus good name, Williams. though, too. That's another that? good name. Khalil Shabazz. That's another Khalil good name. Khalil Shabazz. That does sound yeah. pretty cool. Um, and then talk about a boring name, Marcus Williams. He yeah. was he was like a 15-point-a-game guy at Wyoming two years ago. Transferred to Texas A&M. 
wasn't great last year. He was kind of a backup for them, but he's going back now out west. Maybe he's just more comfortable in that Pacific time zone. Could be. You know, that could be a really, really fun one-two kind of backcourt. I don't know what else they got, but I think those two guys could keep things interesting. They have a 15-point-per-game guy coming from UC San Diego, Tony Rokach. Okay. Um, Tyra Roberts, that's a name I remember. Washington State? Yeah. Yeah, they got him too. So, you know, I'm going to say right now, San Fran, second-best team in this conference. I'm I'm kind of with you on this. I'm intrigued. Okay. Plus, they're called the San Francisco Dons. The Dons, which I'm yeah. I'm a fan of that name. It's uh, You're here that's for that? like what the boss of a gangster like syndicate is called is the Don. Yep. And so I I'm I'm here for it. I hope he has like slick back hair. Yeah, I do too. I don't know who their coach is, but I hope he's a badass. Yeah. All right, Biggs. That's all I have. Do you have anything to L at yeah, bye bye. Do you have anything else to add for this conference or any of these? Which team outside of Gonzaga and outside of Houston goes the farthest in the NCAA tournament in March? Outside of Gonzaga, outside of Houston. Um, you know, the easy pick there is San Diego State, so I'm not going to pick that one. Okay. Uh, I'm going to pick one that was not part of the top 40 from three man weave. Ooh, um, there is a little awesome. recent. There is a little recency bias because we were literally just talking about them. San Francisco. All right, you're all the. You're in. I'm in. I'm in on the Dons. You're a Don. Don up. Yeah. What do you think? I'm here for it. Um, I'm going to go with Dayton. Dayton. Yeah. Tell me I'm why. Dayton. You like Dayton? I would love to see a little Malachi Smith off in like the Sweet 16. That would be great. Just back and forth. Yep. Just <laughs> Malachiing everywhere. Yep. All right, let's get out of here. I think the next one, I'm not sure exactly when we're going to record and release it. The next one will be on um, what we like to call uh, one bid leagues. So basically everyone but the leagues we just talked about, as well as anything but the big six or power six. Um, so we're going to do that. And, you know, that one we really just, energy. <laughs> <we're>, <laughs> fair fair warning for that one. Uh, don't expect a lot of good content because we're really just winging it. We don't. We're not as good as some of these other podcasts. I will say that. I will admit that. No, John, we're not going to wing it. We're going to see what happens. There's a there's a okay. very distinct difference. <laughs> Shooting from the hip. Um, yep. Yeah. So we're, we'll do that up, and then right after that, we'll get into some of the Power Six conferences and do a couple of more big picture college basketball after that. And before you know it, Biggs, I believe it's like November eighth or November 9th, and we're gonna have college hoops. I cannot wait. Yeah. So let's get out of here. All right. Bye.